Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself, your host, J.R. Dicklin. I'm your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm very glad that you've joined us here today on the Soul of America Radio, and I'm excited because we are now, once again, in October, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and so many of you that are out there today, you know of someone who's been impacted by domestic violence, you know of someone who has lost a loved one uh, to domestic violence, and you yourself might be listening today, and you're a victim of domestic violence, and no one knows it. But tonight's show is dedicated to you and to everyone that's listening. And our whole purpose inside of Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, is to make sure that we equip you, we empower you, and we educate you and giving you not only information, inspiration, motivation, and also resources that will help you along journey. All of us have something that we're in pain from or we've experienced. And so that's what this is all about. This broadcast is about hope and healing and bringing forth that type of an atmosphere. I thank you for those of you that are joining us for the first time. We debuted on last Monday, and we're very glad to say that we had tremendous response on last week, and we're looking for great things even on today, great things because of the fact this is the subject matter we must deal with. Now, because this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, what do we see? We see that there is an awareness that's going on all across the country, and perhaps even in your city, wherever you are, uh, there are different events that are being made uh, known. There are different things that are happening, and people are talking about domestic violence like you've not heard them talk about before. And I want you to take advantage of that no matter where you are. Go out, listen uh, to what's happening. Go out, be a part of those that are having domestic violence events because it could save your life. It could save your life, and you want to be there. You want to make sure that you find out and do all that you can uh, to learn about domestic violence. It can make a difference in the life of a victim. Now, those of you that are listening uh, there by Internet, I thank you so much for being a part of this today, and I want you to know if you want to call in, you can do that as well. We're going to have uh, time today. You can listen without uh talking or having a question, or you can most definitely listen if you have a question or comment and want to be a part of it, then you will uh, be prompted to hit one. That's the number one there, and once you hit the number one, that lets me know here in the studio that you want to be um, alive on the airway there. But I am excited about today because I think that we have something very special lined up for you 
as we talk about domestic violence, so often when we talk about domestic violence, we only see ourselves from a standpoint of a you know a man and a woman. Uh, perhaps we have an image of what that man and woman look like. But you've got to understand that domestic violence crosses every social, economic, and ethnic line. The other thing that you've got to recognize is the fact that domestic violence happens even inside of same-sex relationships. And so what we're saying is the fact that domestic violence is an equal opportunity to store. Now, if you'd like to call in at that time, you can call us at area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. Hey, tell a friend, tell a neighbor that hope and healing is on the airway. You know, we've entered this month of domestic violence awareness, and what a tremendous time so far that I've had in just speaking at a lot of different venues, a lot of different events. And the main thing is about raising that awareness. You know, on a national average, every 12 seconds, a female is battered in a domestic violence incident. Every six hours, a female dies directly related to domestic violence. you got to understand it's still the single greatest cause of injury, harm, and death to a female in this country, more so than automobile accidents, rapes, and muggings all combined. But having said that, I do need to let you know that uh, more and more research is being kept, and we see that domestic violence is increasing even uh, on men and to men. We see men are being victims of domestic violence in a very elevated manner, and we're seeing that being reported more often. So what am I saying once again is that domestic violence does not discriminate. And perhaps if you're a man out there and you're a victim of domestic violence, perhaps you haven't heard anyone even acknowledge the fact that you're a victim, but I want you to know that if we're going to do justice to the subject, that we recognize that you too are a victim of domestic violence, and we want you to, be a, uh, we want you to know that hope and healing is here for you as well. So as we journey into this, there are so many things we can talk about because how domestic violence impacts families, how it impacts society, how it impacts children, how does what are the ramifications when we see domestic violence? This pattern of coercive behavior that is demonstrating from one person to another. Perhaps it was you. Perhaps it was your last relationship. Perhaps it's your current relationship. What are those signs that you might not have seen early on? Those are the things that we have to look at because often, too too often, that people end up in domestic violence relationship and they don't recognize that it's abusive until the physical abuse has occurred. And we want to challenge you today to open up your ears and listen very carefully because we want to go beyond that. We want you to hear. We want you to experience. And we want you to know those early warning signs. So you have to look for those things that is totally not just physical, because by the time it gets physical, you're already in very, very imminent danger. But you have to look at those early warning signs, you know, like the push for quick involvement. You have to look for those early warning signs of trying to isolate you or totally dominate you and dominate your time. You have to listen to conversation. What are they saying? Are they are they being inviting? Or are they being critical? Are they trying to sabotage your time with other family and friends? Are they putting you down? We have a saying in the movement that long before they beat their victim up, they beat them down. And they are being down with words. They're being down with accusations. They're being down with other manipulative tactics. And those are the things that we want you to be well aware of as we talk about hope and healing. Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We're seeing it all over. People are wearing purple. But i tell you one area that I'm very concerned about is that the Domestic Violence Awareness Month shares the same month with Breast Cancer Awareness Month. 
And unfortunately, I don't want it to sound like a competition, but the reality is that domestic violence does not even uh, doesn't even pale in comparison as far as the amount of advertisement dollars, uh, awareness that a breast cancer awareness get. And uh, once again, I'm not trying to make it a competition. I have to admit, my mother is a survivor of breast cancer. But I can tell you, as a person who has been involved in this movement for nearly 20 years, we just simply don't get the same type of play. If you're watching an NFL football this month, you're seeing grown men, sometimes our most macho image of men, they're out there. But every one of them this month here are wearing pink, whether it's pink shoes, pink socks, pink uh, bands or whatever. They're wearing that pink in, in support of breast cancer awareness. And yet it's still, we don't have that same type of concern about domestic violence. And I, I dare to say that one of the reasons is that as a society, we still somehow or another blame the victim for being in the abusive relationship. Let's just be very honest. People still blame the victim. They think that the, the victim has a choice and they can make a choice and not be in an abusive relationship. Well, what I need you to understand, that it's not that easy, my friend. It's simply not that easy just to get out. And so when you think that you can get out without any problem, uh, listen, it is a strategic way to get out. It doesn't uh, mean that everyone gets out the same way, that the fact of the matter that once you're in an abusive relationship, it is tough to get out. And so if you've never walked in those shoes, be very careful before you say things like, they must like it, they won't get out. Reality is that you've got to understand that the gravest period of danger of a person getting out of an abusive relationship is once they leave the abuser. And so you've got to understand that what happens is that the chances of them being killed or injured severely increases once they get out of that abusive relationship. And uh, you've got to be very mindful of that because when that happens, that means that the victim is at risk, and if there are children there, the children are at risk. I'm telling you, I'm excited today because, in fact, on the other side of our first break, I'm going to have my first guest, and I'm going to have my first guest on the other side of my break here in just a few minutes. And uh, that guest is going to be very unique and this sincere because, of the fact, her story crosses so many lines. Because we like to think that most people that are part of domestic violence, perhaps they're, you know, perhaps they're people that are worldly people, perhaps they're people that are not educated, perhaps they're people that are not, you know, uh, you know, that are not up to part, perhaps they're people that are, you know, that live a addictive lifestyles, substance abuse, and you're going to find out tonight that that's not the case at all. So what I want you to understand, that as we talk about this tonight, you've got to recognize that you can't just look at a person and say that's a victim or that's an abuser. Not always, of course. If you see someone with a black eye or whatever, you might say, well, they look like they've been beaten in a domestic violence incident. But keep in mind that oftentimes the greatest scars that a victim of domestic violence experiences is not the ones that you see on the outside but it's the ones that are on the inside. And I'm telling you that crosses every social, economic, ethnic line. It crosses every faith and religious line. That's just a little hint for you there. Keep in mind, the rate of domestic violence that happens even among people that attend church is alarming. And so what that says to us is that there's a problem. There's a problem in the way that either we're interpreting the Scripture, there's a problem in the way that it's being delivered, or there's a problem because the pastor never, ever mentions the word domestic violence. And I wonder from you, those of you that are listening today, I, I invite you, if you want to call in uh, during our time together, if you want to call in, that number once again is Erico 323 
323-784-9638. That's right, area code 323-784-9638. You can reach us right here on the Soul of America Radio, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Now, keep in mind, as I say that today, I want to put a, a question out there, and I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. If you want to call in later on and have a comment about it, I definitely entertain that. And the question is very simple, my friend. How many times, if ever, have you heard your church or your pastor preach about domestic violence? That's the question today. How many times have you heard them preach about domestic violence? Because the reality is, is that too often it's never talked about in our churches. It's never brought up. So there are many people that are suffering in the in the pews. There are people there that are smiling. There are people there that are smiling behind their pain. There are people there that are willfully giving their money. But in oftentimes, pastor has no idea the hell they went through just to get to church that day. And I'm telling you, over the last 15 to 20 years, we have seen some tremendous events and tremendous domestic violence perpetrated right there in the church where the victim has been killed right there in the church or killed right on the church parking lot, and I tell you that it's directly related in many cases to there never being a mention of domestic violence from the pulpit in church, and even more so, not responding correctly when a person comes and disclose that, listen, I'm having a problem. I am having a problem. My husband or my wife is being abusive, and if pastor or the church never addresses that, you leave those people there vulnerable oftentimes without any hope because you got to understand research says that that two out of every three americans attend some type of place of worship now that's a high percentage and it also tells us that in a time of crisis people turn to church and law enforcement that's kind of like 1a and 1b people turn and turn to the church and law enforcement quicker and more so than they do to any particular group so that means that the church has to be equipped and informed about domestic violence. We cannot continue to hold our head in the sand and pretend that it doesn't happen because it happens in the church, it happens in the pews, it happens all around. So right after the break, on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to have our special guest that's going to be on the line, and we're going to continue this conversation about domestic violence and domestic violence being non-discriminatory, happening across every social, economic, ethnic line, across every orientation, across every faith line, whether you be Jew or whether you be a Protestant, a Catholic, or whether you be Muslim, it is occurring. And I just want you to stay tuned because of the fact we have a great show in line for you, and we're going to be right back after the break. And I want you to enjoy Hope and Healing. You listen to J.R. Thicklin, and I welcome you to Soul of America Radio. So as we go to this break here, I want you to stay tuned. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Hope and Healing is on the line. To the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. 
And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at You give Jay a call right now. And now, back to the show. And I'm so excited about our show tonight uh, as we talk about domestic violence. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we're absolutely excited, uh, not because of the violence that is happening, but because of the fact of being able to bring to you the awareness that you need. Somebody that's listening tonight, somebody that's listening tonight, whether you're listening directly by Internet radio or you're listening by line, you are hearing some things, and you will hear some things that I think will absolutely bless you. And I think that it will be a healing to you. And perhaps you're listening today, and you know of a friend or family member that's in a situation. We're going to give you some numbers that are going to help you uh, get help and to call in uh, for the help that you need. And I need you to understand that, that domestic violence, it is not your fault. The victim is not to blame in this case. We've got to understand that domestic violence doesn't discriminate. It crosses every social, economic, and ethnic line. Well, as promised, right before the break, I told you that we had a very special guest that would be with us tonight. And I want to welcome, because this person here I've known for a number of years, and uh, you're going to find her story compelling. And I want to welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, as well as the Soul of America Radio, our guest today, uh, Ms. Valerie Parker, or should I say Dr. Valerie Parker. Uh, welcome to the show, Val. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. It is a blessing to hear you on this station, and you know, mine's the soul of a woman, so you're right in the flow with me. Yeah, I, I, I had to have you on because of the fact there's so many stereotypical views of who is that victim of domestic violence or who is that perpetrator of domestic violence, and oftentimes because of that, people are uh, automatically eliminate themselves and say, well, it could never happen to me because of the fact, you know, I am this or I am that or, you know, I am a member of this or I'm a member of that or it could never happen to me because I'm educated. It could never happen to me because I wasn't raised that way. And all those things have their own fallacies connected to it, would you say? Yes, absolutely. And I was one of those persons who 
could not even fathom that I would be a victim of domestic violence. As I said, I wasn't raised that way. I didn't know anybody that had been in in domestic violence situation. As a matter of fact, when I was in it, I had no idea what it was that I was in because I had never experienced anything like that. So I didn't know there was a label for it. So now think about it. Somebody's listening to you right now, and they probably find it very hard to believe that you're saying that when you were in it, you did not recognize that you were in a domestic violence relationship. Now somebody's listening saying, that's crazy. How in the world? Do you not know that you're being abused by someone? And, and, and elaborate on that because that is a real experience that I've heard many people, many victims say that they did not recognize, uh, did not identify it as being domestic violence when they were in it. Well, because, as I said, I never knew what it was or experienced any type of violence like that. I watched my father and my and my mother for years, and they, my father never hit my mother. There was never any rage or yelling and screaming so you know I was married to a pastor a minister when we first got married he was a minister so you know it was 30 days into our marriage that he hit me for the very first time and it was so startling because of the fact that when he hit me it was in front of another minister and his wife and I was embarrassed and shamed and I just jumped up and ran out of the house because I didn't know what to do, I was I, I was in shock almost. So I called, um, I, I I went ran to a phone booth because we didn't have cell phones and things at the time. I ran to the phone booth and I, I called his mother, and because I didn't want to call my parents because my father would have came and got me. I was displaced here in South Florida from New York, so I was I was isolated from any family that I could say, well, I'm going to stay over their house. Um, so when that first incident happened, you know, we had the pastors that I also called the pastor and he came over and spoke to both of us. And he said that he he counseled us and told them that the, the problem is we're two people trying to become one. And that's not told him that's not the way you handled the situation and not to put his hands on me again. But it did happen again a few months later. When I was uh, six months pregnant, he threw a chair at me and hit me in front of my my daughter. You know, I was pregnant with my daughter, and he threw a chair at me and kept punching me in my head because he was angry with me. So I didn't know what that was, and I was too embarrassed to say that. Okay, it's happened again. What do I do now? Because now hold up, because I want I want people to hear this now because. You're saying that when you got married, you were married to a minister who eventually became a pastor. And so one month, 30 days into a brand-new marriage, you are actually hit. And then not only are you hit, you're hit in front of another minister. Yes. And so, therefore, yes. here, here's the shock because I think this is what people miss sometimes. It's the fact of the unbelievable, the unbelievability, if I could use that word, of what just took place. So there's a shock factor that came there. And then, and like you said, during that day we didn't have cell phones. And so here was the case, if I understood you right, you're from New York, but you had been relocated to South Florida. So most of your or all of your support system was gone. Right. So you didn't have anyone that you can go stay with. And, and I'm saying this for a reason, because a lot of times people really try to oversimplify uh, 
you know, what happens to victims. They'll say things like, well, why didn't they just leave? Why didn't they just go with someone's house? But when you no longer have those resources, you've been isolated from those, it makes it even harder. And so now you go, and I, and I love what you said, you, you called his mom because you knew what the deal was going to be if you called your dad because we're going to have a whole other situation. It, it, it would probably have been more of a homicide rather than anything else. But the Absolutely. part I want them to hear is that you say it was only a few months later, you were six months pregnant with your daughter, and he threw the chair at you. Yes, he did. And what yes, people have to understand is that domestic violence tends to increase when a woman becomes pregnant. And for some women, their first incident of domestic violence was when they became pregnant. I mean, but continue, because this is very interesting, and I think that many people will find this very interesting inside of the dynamics that here is a quote-unquote Christian home, a pastor involved, and yet and still you're experiencing this domestic violence. Right, and then then the matter of it all, Jay, is then he met, led me to believe that it was happening to me because it was my fault that I made him do this because he was so stressed out and he's trying to do the will of God and I wasn't being the proper help me to help him by keeping the stress off him. So I made him hit me. I made him act out in rage against me. Well, that's typical. That's typical batterers uh, type language. Is see what you made me do, and never taking responsibility for itself. Yeah, so I felt that my back was actually up against the wall, and I didn't know what to do. But then, fast forwarding, um, sixteen years later into the marriage, is when I actually had enough. Well, actually, my children convinced me it was enough because when I had my eight-year-old son at that time step before me to stop his father from hitting me again. I, I, it was then that my eyes became open because I said to myself, you know, here it is. My children are providing a hedge around me to keep this man from hurting me that I should be able to do something for myself. And that's when I took the courage to change the rules of engagement because not only was I endangering my own life, but I was endangering them too. And I didn't want them to be a product of the environment. I didn't want them to see that this individual was one way in the church, in the pulpit, and then it was another way at home. I, I, I knew that it would be damaging later. However, I didn't know how damaging it would be. Wow. You know, you said something that is so incredibly important, and we see it happen all the time. For you, you it was when your children kind of stood up and said, enough is enough. And it was almost like role reversal because all of a sudden they're playing the part of the protector of you. But that scene alone was enough to make you realize that you've got to move on. You can't remain like you are. And I, and I hope that someone is listening because when people say, you know, what made people stay and versus what made people leave, here's something that, that is interesting to note. For many people, they'll stay in that abusive relationship for their children, and for many, they will get out for that same reason, for their children's sake. And there are many, and perhaps someone is listening to us right now, that will remain in an abusive relationship because of this reason. I don't want my children to grow up without their father. Uh, perhaps they'll say, well, I grew up without my dad, and I know what that was like. Or I want my children, you know, to be around their father, although he's abusive. You know, I don't want them to grow up without one. And so that becomes a sticking point for them. But by the same token, 
I would say as many also will say that now I see this impacting or affecting my children. It's time to get out. It's time for me to exit. And that sounds like that's where you arrived. Exactly. It was the breaking point for me. And, you know, everybody has their level of enough, and it's up to you to determine what that enough is because a lot of times when um, you get people involved in a domestic violence situation, a lot of times they go back to the abuser because, number one, they feel that there's nowhere else to go, and, number two, they feel that, you know, people will point fingers and judge them for even being in that situation, which is very critical. And then, lastly, because of the fact that they have no resources, um, uh, because with me, my resources were stripped, so we wind up homeless after that incident. I didn't know what else to do, so we wind up sleeping on a mattress in a garage for three months. And during that time, it, I was able to communicate with my children to reestablish the relationship that, with the bond between us and um, be able to talk with them because, you know, it was 17 years I was married to these individuals and my children were between the ages of 8 and 14. So it was very traumatic for them, but it was more devastating for them to continue to see that on a daily basis, the the up and down, the, the temperament that my ex-husband had at that time. One day he could be great and bubbly, everybody loving him, and then the next day he can be a terror. We just didn't know how to function from day to day. We didn't know what was his snapping point, what was his breaking point. And then at in situations like that, it can be deadly. Wow. Well, I tell you what, we're going to come up on a break right about now, but when we come back on the other side of the break, I want you to continue to share, and you're going to share what happened after all of that, because you went through a great bit there, but there's a great story on the other side of it, and I can't wait for our audience to listen and hear what you got to say. Listen, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness right here on Soul of America Radio. I am J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined me. And on the other side, we'll be back with our guest, Dr. Valerie Parker. Uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about that victory on the other side, and I want you to be a part of that. And you can call in, area code 323-784-9638. I'll see you on the other side of the break for a journey, a journey of, of wholeness through hope and healing. Thank you. Healing a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. We'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. Don't touch that dial and take it easy. If you're listening to the show tonight and you feel led to speak to the host, please dial 323 784 9638. And if you're already holding, press 1 to let Jay know that you want to talk. We'll be right back.
your right to vote. Please vote in this November. Now we return you back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Healing a Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I welcome you here to our show right here on the Soul of America Radio. Uh, we're talking about domestic violence. This is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and uh, we have with us a very special guest, uh, Dr. Valerie Parker. Uh, and uh, Dr. Valerie Parker is uh, she's a survivor of domestic violence, but I want you to know that also, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to not steal a thunder, uh, she's going to tell you a little bit more about her, but just before the break she was telling us about her journey and what happened inside of her uh, I believe it was a 19 year marriage uh, to a man of God uh, which went abusive and uh, our family of four children and uh, it was the children that literally became the calling card that causes calls her to get out of it and so we want to kind of rejoin a story there uh, when they were kind of reconciling after being uh, living in uh, in a, literally a garage for a period of time so uh, Dr. Parker uh, continue yes um, we wound up living in a garage for three months and it was very hard it was very rough going through that transitional period in our lives and but we held it together it was rough it was hard for me it was hard for the children because they had to deal with the embarrassment of where we were living and you know I, I drove this ugly, raggedy hoopty after driving new cars every year and um, to be they wanted to be dropped off down the street because they didn't want their friends to see us in a raggedy car when we used to always have new cars. But you know uh, materialist things mean nothing when you don't have your sanity, when you don't have your peace. And, and yet it's still, you know, when you say that, and that's another part. You know, sometimes we talk about domestic violence on such a broad level. We don't talk about those real emotion that comes with it. Here in your case, you was a pastor's wife. Uh, you were used to a certain uh, level of living. And yet it's still, because of the severity of domestic, the domestic violence, you've made a decision. You had to get out of it. And that affected everything that you knew as your norm. And I guess the question I would ask is that, you know, I don't know if you remember, at that time, uh how did you feel uh, your lifelines were? If you had a lifeline with the church, or was your, were you too embarrassed, or were you afraid of what might be said? Or what, where, where was your state of mind right then as it related to the church? I knew it was, had to be shocking because you're saying this should not even be happening. Well, I reached out to the church, and they didn't know how to deal with anything like that. As a matter of fact, um, the pastor's wife at the time asked me, what did I do to make him hit me? Wow. And I I was like, take I was like, what? And and she was like, you know, what did you do to cause him to hit you? And then the pastor, he was like, she didn't have to do anything to warrant him putting his hands on her. So it was shocking that the the woman said to me, what did I do? And and the pastor was was defending defending my right. So, uh, and then, you know, his father was a pastor of one of the largest churches 
in New York City. And he was like, it's yours problem. Y'all work it out, basically. Wow. And so, you know, once again, and I bring that out because so many times the place that has a holy hush has been the church when it comes to domestic violence. And and, and in this case here, you know, you talk about the pastor's wife, and often uh, that's exactly what the pastor normally says. What, well, what did you do to make this person hit you? But it, it really makes you think, wow, perhaps what was this pastor wife going through that she would take that position there that you called you did something that caused him to hit you. And even more sadder is that the fact that uh, your husband at the time, father was a pastor of a very large uh, church in New York City, he reduced the matter as being something that you guys should just work out between yourself. And I know that many people probably take that position. But here it is, our faith is very important to us. So our place of worship is that as an outlet of home and here you are hurting, and you're reaching out, and you're getting these type of answers that are basically saying, I can't help you, uh, there's no room at the end, uh, you're basically going on. And so many yeah, people face those type barriers there. But but continue, because God had a way of bringing you out. So definitely I want you to share that with us. Well, it's a perfect example of the fact that, you know, why individuals stay in this situation because they feel that there is no other option. And when you've been stripped of your identity and all that you know as being normal, then you remain stuck in that situation. And it's not until someone is able to speak life into you or you get a broad or a larger vision of yourself that you're able to move on to the next level. And it begins with you loving yourself. That's what I had to do. I had to take my power back and begin to love me and, and like myself. There was a time I didn't even like looking at myself in the mirror because he made me think and feel that I was so ugly. And why would anybody even want to entertain you? You can't make it without me. The only reason why people know your name is because of me. You're this, you're that. He made me feel that I was so ugly I didn't even like myself. But, you know, you got to take your power back and begin to like yourself. And then I had to own my own stuff. See, I had to recognize that I allowed him to degrade me. I allowed him to act and function in the in the capacity that he did. I allowed that. So I once I took ownership of that, then he could no longer steal my power, and I began to think uh, as as and progress on to what my next level was going to be, and I had to recognize that my life wasn't about me because I had four people looking at me. So I took my my life back. I began loving myself, liking myself, owning my situation, and valuing who I was as a person. I was important because I was I was important because I had four children that were looking at me. So I had to value not only myself but value them and embrace what God had for me. I realized that it wasn't my fault. That You see, because a lot of times you'd be like, okay, it's my fault, I caused this, and then they make you think that you did cause this to happen to you, just like the pastor's wife said, well, what did you do to cause him to hit you? So she blamed me as well. But because I own that I allowed it to happen because it should have never went down in that first place, I embraced the fact that I was worth it, I was valuable, and I could have greater things in life. I could have a relationship uh, that was not abusive. I could 
create my own wealth because I valued myself. And that's just what I did, Jack. I, when I went down to that hallway that day when I was finalizing divorce after we had been separated for two years, and I walked down that hallway and turned the knob into a new life, I made some decisions in my life at that particular time. And from that time to this, I've not looked back. From that time to now, I, I um, created my own business. I do uh, public speaking. I've written four books. The first one, From the Soul of a Woman, Love Shouldn't Hurt. Had I not got the courage to turn that knob and open that door to a new life, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been possible. Had I not taken my life back and discovered my value, my worth, it would not have been possible. And that's what we all have to do, those of us that have gone through domestic violence and are going through it. Value yourself and know that your life is worth it and your life has meaning. And know that you are connected to somebody else. <clears throat> your life is never about you, but it's what God wants to do through you. Now, but now, Val, I have to interject because the fact that this is a very powerful message to those that may be going through a victim, a person who may feel trapped right now, a person who feel like there's no way out, and they can feel that way both emotionally, they can feel that way literally. That look, I'm being held hostage in this relationship. But you know, here it is that that you, you said something very important. You had to take that power back. And we often talk about domestic violence as being the issue of power and control. That person and imposing their will upon you to control you. But it was when you took your power back by recognizing who you were and giving yourself credit because you, you were the perfect example is that before he beat you up, uh, he beat you down with the words that made you doubt your worth and your self-worth and literally said your identity was because of who he was and you didn't have one yourself. But you were able to overcome that. You raised four children. I mean, all four of your children went to college. You, I mean, they have gone on to do great things now, uh, and, and, and all of that. I mean, you've written four books. You kind of kind of skated over that real quickly, but people need to understand that you, you've written four books. They've been forwarded by great people. Uh, your first book, uh, From the Soul of a Woman, Love Shouldn't Hurt, it was forwarded by Les Brown. Then your, your second book, uh, that was, uh, uh, give us that one again. I, I generally know them by heart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is unveiling secrets from the heart for giving your past to free your future. And, you know, in saying the the title of that book, I wrote that one because it was a victory book for me because, you know, a lot of times you go through situations in your life and people still blame you. People still question you about why you allow things to happen, why you allow That's why... I always stress the fact about taking ownership because, you know, people keep pointing their fingers and blaming you for this and that, but until you own your, your own stuff, then they can't, it's no longer a threat to you. So that's why I wrote the book, Unveiling Secrets from Your Heart, Forgiving Your Past to Free Your Future. I had to forgive myself. Wow. And, and a lot of times we can't forgive where we've been to free where we've got to go. Wow. Now, you wrote that book. That book there, I believe, was forwarded by uh, Malik Yoba, a uh, good yeah. old uh, New York undercover guy. Yeah. No, is that yeah. New York undercover? Then I guess eventually we yeah. know him now, more recently from. Uh, yes, Why Did I Get Married? There. And, uh, and your third book, I believe, was. Tell us that book there. 
that one is Restored Vessels, Young Adults Overcoming Adversities. And, and I wrote that one for young adults because, you know, people often ask me, well, what about the kids? What are they doing? How are they spinning? How did they turn out? How do they make out? Well, <clears throat> uh, my son wrote a chapter in the book, and my, my son dealt with rage, with anger. And I didn't find out until he had graduated college with a bachelor's degree that his anger came from the fact that he felt that him being the oldest and oldest boy, because he's not my oldest child, he's the second oldest, he felt that him being a boy, he should have been able to protect me. And he had that rage built in because he didn't feel that. And then plus his younger brother was the one who stepped in. When it did come to it, he stepped up to the plate first to protect me and not him. Wow. So he became angry and resentful um, and helped. He felt handicapped. So, And then my daughter, Stephanie, she has a chapter in there where she wrote because she bought her first home at 20 years old. Wow. You know, there's such great success stories have come. Listen, we're right up on a break again. And on the other side of the break, uh, Dr. Parker, uh, I want you to give them information to be able to reach you. But I also want to open it up to you that are uh, out there listening. If you want to call in, uh, you have a question there in our last uh, few minutes of the show, you can call us at area code 323 Seven eight four nine six three eight. That's Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You can reach us right here on Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, right here on the Soul of America Radio. I'll see you right after the break uh, with Dr. Val Parker, and I enjoy this. It's going to be real good on the other side. See you when I get back. Show. Save me in order to save the 
Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, this is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I welcome you back. What a powerful show that we've had on today as we are discussing domestic violence. This is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and even more so, we're, tonight we're talking about how domestic violence really reaches over into every sector of our society. And uh, we, have our whole, uh, we have our guest with us today, Dr. Valerie Parker, and she shares some great things. Uh, uh, now I can tell you she is an author. She is an advocate. She's a businesswoman. She's a mother. She's a powerful woman, and uh, she shared a lot with us. And uh, Dr. Parker, I want you to just take a moment uh, uh, to share with people how they can reach you. Uh, give them your uh, uh, website and your email address and your contact information. Thank you so much. Um, my uh, website is from the soul of a woman.com. That's from the soul of a woman.com. And they can also find me on Facebook uh, under Valerie Parker, V A L O R I E. And also, the soul of a woman is also on Facebook as well. And they could always email me at soultopics at gmail dot com. You know, Val, this has been a great show, and I need to let them know that you know we we have had the opportunity to work together inside of a few ventures. There, uh, we are both we're both featured inside of a uh, actually a teaching instructional. Uh, institutional type of material there uh, that we did in conjunction with the Institute on Domestic Violence in the African-American community. They're out of the University of Minnesota, and we were part of a project there that's called Speaking of Faith, Domestic Violence Program in the African-American Church, and a very powerful piece. You're on that piece as well as you were facilitating a support group, and uh, we get a chance to speak from time to time in different places or be in the same place at the same time, and uh, speaking of that, we're going to have the opportunity to be together in South Florida on uh, this coming Saturday. We'll be there. Uh, we're sponsoring a, a, an evening of hope and healing, domestic violence awareness, uh, gala and musical. That's going to be taking place in South Florida there at the Inlet Grove Community High School. Uh, the address there is 600 West 28th Street in Rivera Beach, Florida. And that's going to start at 6 p.m. And it's going to be awesome because there's going to be a time of testimonials and story sharing. You'll be there to uh, share. And and in between there, we're having uh, some very soulful gospel music, some uh, national recording artists such as Helen Miller, and uh, we're going to have uh, Jimmy Hicks, and most people know him from Jimmy Hicks and uh, Voices of Integrity. We're going to have uh, Sandrina Taylor. Uh, she's going to be one of our artists, as well as we're going to have um, – Terry on Nelson, just absolutely incredible voice of our time. And uh, there's another young lady there uh, by the name of Wendy uh, Shelton Boykins, who absolutely is electrifying. It's very soulful. And then I'm telling you, one of the most powerful uh, groups that I've heard in a long time, Lenars McFadden and Proof. And it's going to be a great time. But, you know, the whole time is there is to really not only bring domestic violence awareness, but to embrace and celebrate victims and survivors as well as their families that have been impacted by domestic violence. So, I look forward to us both being at that event. And I just want to say to those that are listening right now, uh, you can call in if you have a question for myself or for Ms. Uh, uh, Dr. Parker, area code 323-784-9638. 
And those of you that would like to, perhaps you don't want to come on the airway, but you can go right there on uh, soulofamericaradio.com. Go right there to the left-hand side to Hope and Healing, and there's a place there where you can send your question, your comments, or uh, 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 whatever, and we'll be able to not only uh, get to them, we may have an opportunity uh, to answer them or share them on the line. But uh, we're excited as we talk about Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, we're very excited about what's happening because we know that we can, we can help reduce domestic violence and we can end it if everyone recognizes not only those warning signs but understand the things that contribute to domestic violence. And so we, we often talk about domestic violence is not just a present thing. It's a futures thing, and it's been caused by the things in the past. And, and what do I mean by that is that fact when children do witness and they're exposed to domestic violence, it impacts them. And uh, we have a saying that we we raise the next generation of batterers oftentimes right in our home. But as, if not for the grace of God, if not for proper intervention, you know, uh, it could happen to e- either of us. You know, and I really appreciate it when you're sharing about uh, your second born, how uh, it affected him, witnessing it affected him in terms of rage. And he took that on personally. He internalized that. And those those are the things that oftentimes adults don't understand that is happening inside of children that are either witnessing or exposed to domestic violence. And that's a great number of children that are exposed or witness domestic violence a year. Um, Research says that between 3.3 to 12 million children per year witness or are exposed to domestic violence, and we see that impact. So I wanted to make sure that uh, you got that information. Uh, Once again, if you'd like to call in, you can call in at area code 323-784-9638. And, um, and if you have a question for Dr. Parker or myself, we'll be glad to entertain that question. I only have about another two or three minutes on, on air tonight, but I definitely want you uh, to listen in, tune in. Go back and listen to this uh, radio broadcast. You can go right there to soulamericaradio.com, and I'll be able to go up under Hope and Healing and be able to listen to it again. Dr. Parker, anything else you'd like to share tonight? And what would you say to a person who may be in an abusive relationship, perhaps her faith is the thing that is standing between her uh, making a break or uh, her getting help or getting out. Maybe she feels that she's caught up. Maybe she thinks that she will fail God if she left it. What would you say? Well, I, I say you got to first begin by loving yourself. Now, if you love yourself and value yourself, then you will find the courage to leave and, and not go back. And also tell somebody don't and keep telling someone until someone is willing to help you. Linda, have it, you know, you said that you have some phone numbers to give um, to the listening audience of um, helplines, yeah. helplines yeah. for individuals to reach out to. Call those that and get the information so that you can at least get your footing to know the next step of what you should do. But right now, I think you should start preparation. Uh, One of the things I didn't do was I didn't set up a separate bank account. I didn't put any money away because it was so controlling, manipulating. I feared not allowing, giving an account for every dime that I bought in. But this is what you need to do is to put some money on the side so that you will have some funds for exit strategies and also uh, connect with some of those agencies ahead of time without him knowing it so that that way right. you'll be able to at least have a uh, 
vision of what your first and next step is going to be leaving that situation. Because I had two boys and two girls, going to the Salvation Army and women in distress wasn't an option for me because they wanted to separate us. So that's why we wind up homeless. So do some research on the side and find out what place would be better for you. And reach out to family members. Tell So like I said, tell somebody. You'll be surprised how many will be willing to help you and, and get you to safety, uh, give you the resources so that you can leave the situation. Well, that's very important information. Our time is just about gone. I know that we had a caller that was waiting there on uh, uh, 2615 is your suffix there. I'd like to talk to you even after the show. But in the interim, I want to make sure I give you the national hotline, domestic violence hotline number. That is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. And uh, please uh, mark that number down. We look forward to having an opportunity to talk to you again. Listen, join us on next week right here, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Soul of America Radio. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll have very important guests and very important conversation. Uh, I want you to uh, uh, take the time. Listen to uh, the Big Easy. That's right. Bo's broadcast will be coming up uh, on Thursday night uh, at 9 Central. A nine Eastern, I should say, and I'll join them at that time. And until next time, this is J.R. Thickman from Open Healing, and I hope you have a great day. And listen, remember, there is no excuse for abuse. I'll see you next week, and don't forget, join us here on the Soul of America Radio family. Good evening.